Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome into the Arrowhead Attic Podcast Thursday edition. Patrick Allen here with you as always. And I got a very special guest. I guess not a guest. One of our co-hosts here. My guy. Not even Matt that special. Arnold. Not even that special. Let's be You're real. Special. You, you, you and I have not done. It's been a little bit different this year. Verderam left, and then like our our uh, he's on a lot of post games though, and so like it's and you and I just haven't been on as many shows, particularly post games, which I kind of miss the big group post games a little yeah. bit. Do yeah. you? I do. I do. I miss. Uh, I miss having like an immediate vocal outlet. After the game, like where all the emotions are there and going back and forth with you guys. Yeah. yeah. Um, at the same time, it's impossible to write anything or edit it for the site if I'm on the show. So I need a, I need like a, an intern or yeah. We'll get you an intern. We'll get you an intern. <laughs> <laughs> so look, man, it, this is a big week. The Chiefs are <clears> back. <throat> They're practicing. I'm just really excited. So they've had, they, obviously they had the bye week. Big win uh, from the Miami game, and I didn't talk to you before that. Did you? Were you worried about that game after they lost to Denver? Were you like, "Oh man!" Like, did you think that the Chiefs were going to bounce back and beat Miami? Were you worried? Um, I had, I predicted a win there, but I uh, certainly was a little bit worried. Um, I'm still a little bit worried even for this week, to be honest with you. You know, I mean, and I, I just feel like we've been saying now for for eight or nine games. Hey, something's wrong with this offense. Hey, something's wrong with this offense. And at first it was like, well, it's almost like, hey, we just woke up. Like we just got out of bed from the preseason. So it's fine. You know, give him a, let him get his coffee. They'll be fine. And then we had our coffee. Then we had our lunch. Now we're nearing our afternoon snack of the season and we're still going, hey, are we going to see the same offense? I take comfort that all offense across the league is down. That defenses have keyed in. So that's good. However, yeah, I, 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 uh, I'm, I'm worried about this game. Are you worried about this game? Yeah, sure. I mean, this is one of the best teams in the league. Maybe the second best team in, in the NFL. They're formidable. They've got a lot of weapons, uh, and we're going to talk about it all. You know, about whether or not we think the Chiefs match up better this time, and, and all of those things. But sure, yeah. You, I mean, it'd be crazy. I would if you're, you're going to worry about a game, worry about the team that took you to the limit in the Super Bowl a few right. months ago, right? Right. Um, right. it, 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 I'm glad it's an NFC game though. Right. I mean, that yeah. factors into tiebreakers and it's important. So if the, if the chiefs are going to lose again, I'd rather it be to an NFC team than any of the AFC teams. We got a, a great show for you guys, by the way, uh, we're going to preview chiefs Eagles. We got a bunch of news items to get to. There's a lot. It's busy, busy week. And Matt's Matt will be able to fill you in on a lot of that. Cause you know, he runs a website on the chiefs. Um, we'll preview the game. We'll give you our predictions. And for Patty's power rankings at the end of the show, I'm excited about this one. And I'm still, I'm not, I don't have my list all together yet. I know one for sure. We're going to rank our top three Beatles songs. Are you a big Beatles guy? I know you're a big music guy. I'm a, I'm a huge music guy. Beatles, you know, not, I mean, there's a lot, there's more respect there than there is like pure enjoyment, right? Like, uh, I, I don't know if you feel that way about certain bands, but it's like, yeah, I have a lot of respect there more than I do like 
rolling up my sleeves and saying, "Oh, I love them." I, you know, I'm yeah. I'm more I'm more a Stones guy than a Beatles guy. Um, I'm also just a little young too. I didn't have like a cool older brother who was like, "Listen to this." So yeah, did you grow up with a lot of Beatles? By the way. Uh, not a ton. I was always aware of the Beatles. And then as I got a little bit older, I really started getting into them and just yeah. marveled at the incredible amount of music they made in such a short period of time. And yeah. also like the journey of their albums and how different they are. Like just, I'm like you, I mean, I respect the hell out of them, but I, I also think their stuff is incredible. I'm like that with Pearl Jam. People love Pearl Jam. And I like they're fine. I do love Pearl Jam. You let's see your Pearl Jam, but but they're not they're not like if I had to pick a band that I could go see right now, Pearl Jam would be pretty far down the list. Just okay, not my cup of tea. Yeah, Pearl Jam. There's there's a few others, but that, that one stands out. Well, let's get to let's get to some of this Chiefs news, and, and we'll get to the Beatles later. This is some sad news to report up at the, up at the top here. I'm sure most of you guys remember this player, but you might not. But unfortunately, Devin Wiley, Chiefs drafted him in the fourth round. Wasn't that right? Fourth round? Yeah, 2012. 2012. Um, he passed away at, thir- at 35. Really sad. I, I know his college, like it was confirmed on Twitter. It's for real, unfortunately. Yeah. Have you, on the website, like, is there, do we know what happened? Has I any- still, I still have no idea what happened. It feels like something funny has to have happened, or at least. I don't mean funny like foul play or funny business, but some sort of accident or some sort of like really odd medical, you know, causal. Uh, yeah, like some some rare issue, congenital, def- whatever it is, be- because, you know, obviously he's 35 and, and good enough to be a professional athlete for those years. Yeah. So those guys don't don't die at 35. Yeah, it's real tragic. You know, he was a Scott Pioli pick in that last draft class in 2012, kind of a diminutive receiver returner guy. He only played six games in his rookie season. And then um, and then when John Dorsey came in, John Dorsey gave him a chance to make the roster. And when he didn't, then he sent him packing at active roster cuts, um, like a lot of new GMs will do with former GMs picks. And then uh, mm-hmm. the Titans picked him up and actually gave him a couple games as a return guy. But after that, he caught on with like eight teams, but never, uh, but never really made it. So yeah, we still. Ha- I don't think there's been an official cause of death, but yeah, it's sad. Yeah, Devin Devin Wiley. Um, it, it's a shame. He, I think he played for a few teams, just never kind of, kind of caught on. It's a weird thing with some of those, as you mentioned, diminutive, smaller receivers, shorter, lighter. I mean, there's still got there's guys in the league, and they're one sixty five, one seventy five, one eighty. They just really struggle to catch on. They they keep drafting them. They keep drafting them because they are usually tantalizing in college, fast, quick guys. But they just have a difficult time taking off in the NFL. And um, it's 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 sort of like a fantasy football tenant of mine. It's like I try to stay away from the little guys. Sure, um, sure. It's a it's it's a it's one of those things. Maybe maybe the league will keep changing, and those guys will. They'll have their day in the sun, but rest in peace. Our, our hearts and, and thoughts go out to to Devin's family and friends, and um, we, hope, we hope we get a little bit more information to know what happened. But um, you know, he's he's not with us, and uh, we wish everybody that is grieving the the absolute best. Once a chief, always a chief. Um, more positive news is that uh, Keandre Coburn is back on the practice squad. What a journey for for Coburn. Were you one of these people? <laughs> Like when the Chiefs, when the Chiefs 
cut him loose and they had to bring back McCole Hardman. Like, were you one of these people that were like going off the deep end about them losing a, a six round draft pick? No, no. And I, like, I don't want to, I don't want to like vilify that group because I understand it. I get yeah. it. Like it's not, it's not smart football to, cause look, if you want to get me on a rant, just bring up defensive interior. I mean, yeah. I'm like, I hate this position for the chiefs. So if you're watching and you see Matt Dickerson is getting playing time, you traded for Neil Farrell and he's not doing anything, but you've got control of him for three more years. You've got control of Coburn for four more years. So seven total years of youth cost controlled youth. And you're playing journeyman, Matt Dickerson, who has a very known floor and ceiling, and you're not giving those guys time to develop. And then you trade, then you just release one like, to bring in Charles Omenihue, like I get why you would scratch your head and go, what are we doing? Like we need max potential at this position. We've got nothing there other than like a Derek naughty on an eternal one year, you know, minimum deal. Um, I get why 46 and Derek naughty will sign one more. He'll be there given his, you know, his whatever. Look, so I understand. So I understand why people would be like, you got to be kidding me. I, you're really not dumping Dickerson. We're really doing this. Like yeah. of all the guys we could have hope for, it's one of those two. At the same time, the other side is really we're like, we have one loss at the time. We're already in front of the AFC and, and we've, we've got a super young defense that's on fire and you're getting your hands wrung over a sixth round pick. That's not even play. I mean, and then you see the Broncos kick him out of the back when they're done playing the Chiefs twice in those three weeks. Yeah, uh, they kick him out of bed, and you're like, "Look, no, no one wants this guy." Let's be, you know, it, yeah, I, I see it from both sides. Did you get upset, or were you like, "Come on, people, stop being so dramatic about it"? Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the Fileo Fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Yeah, I mean, look, obviously you want to get as much as you can out of your draft picks, and the Chiefs have been really good, particularly in the later rounds, at finding these diamonds in the rough. So it's disappointing when something like that happens. But at the same time, it's not unheard of for sixth, seventh-round picks to get in there and get in camp, and they get a look at them, and they're just like, yeah, it's just, you know, this. there weren't a lot of good players left, or we didn't get the ones we wanted, and we tried, we took a flyer on you, and, you know, that's it. He made the team, so there, there was at least something there. There weren't so many good players at the back end of the roster that they they, they weren't going to have him. But like, so in, in this situation, so the Chiefs cut him, so he goes on to waivers, right? So when the Broncos, we didn't the Broncos claim him off the practice squad? The Broncos claimed him on waivers. We sent him to waivers, waivers, hoping so the, then cut. that we could sign him to the practice squad thereafter. That's right. That's right. So when you cut somebody, how does it work? If you cut somebody like that and they 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 go on to waivers and then you re-sign them to the practice squad, that's like a new deal, right? That whole like fifth year option stuff, does that go out the window? Uh, oh, that's only for first round picks. I'm that's only for first round picks. Yeah. 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 
So yeah. you're you're just basically starting fresh on a one year deal with them. Well, but you still they'll still have team control through several years. He'll okay. be a he'll be an exclusive rights free agent ERFA uh-huh. uh, for two more years, and then he'll be a restricted free agent for another year, and then free agent. So the Chiefs still have cost controlled youth. It's still there. It's still good. Even with him going to the Broncos. Yep. And- yep. So oh, the, wow. the main the main point is still good and in place. Got it. I think people were just scratching their head at. Why are we still doing this stupid dance at defensive tackle? Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, he's back and um, he's on the practice squad, and we'll see if somebody else tries to, you know, steal him away from the Chiefs. <laughs> Maybe the Eagles will sign him this week right. and try to get a little intel. Uh, all right. So another one that popped up today was it? I I can't recall. Was it James Palmer? Uh, somebody reported that the Chiefs have started extension talks with Legarius Sneed, who, in my opinion. Everybody's talking about Trent McDuffie this year, and rightfully so. But for years now, Legereus Sneed has been one of my favorite players on the defense. I thought he's so important to what Steve Spagnuolo wants to do. I think he's playing really well again this year. He's got size. He tackles. He can blitz. And it's just, as as we've learned in this post-Patrick Mahomes second contract era, Pretty much nobody other than Patrick Mahomes, when they come up for a contract, is guaranteed anything. Not Chris Jones, nobody. So to hear this is encouraging. What are your thoughts on this? Yeah, yeah. It was uh, it was Jeremy Fowler from ESPN, just to give proper credit. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I love it. I love it. I, I love um, – it doesn't mean that something's going to happen. One, Fowler said they're waiting until after the season. Um, to pick up things any further. They've had preliminary discussions, and then they agreed to look at it again after the season's over. Um, that's a little bit of a gamble to stay healthy for Sneed. Um, it's also a chance for the contract year to play itself out, like the great Therese Pele would say. The contract year is undefeated, right? Yeah. So um, I, you know, it doesn't mean something's going to happen automatically, and I think there are people out there that are like, no, don't. The cornerback is where we go cheap. Cornerback is where we find cheap guys. I um, I like that they're exploring it because it means that hey, we're going to check the price tag. We're not we're not we're not automatically going to go money ball there. We're not automatically just going to say hey, sorry, Charverius Ward, never interested. Uh, Kendall Fuller, never interested. Even back to Steve Nelson or 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 Philip Gaines or what, you know, like, like Marcus Peter, we've been kicking every cornerback out and just kind of staying young for a long, long time. The last cornerback extension, I think was Sean Smith, yeah. uh, a, a, which we gave him, um, you know, after we signed him from the Dolphins. So um, that being the case, uh, the fact that they're open to Sneed means we've got several ways we can go. And if Sneed, isn't going to break the bank because his max value is for the chiefs or he wants to stay with the chiefs. Hey, we're open to that. We'd, we'd love to keep the band together. I as much as I love McDuffie, the tandem of those two together makes that unit elite in many ways. What do you think? Yes, you can't. It's great that the chiefs have been able to find so many bargains at cornerback, but eventually your luck in that, and that department is going to run out, right? Like it just, it doesn't, you're going to miss on some and you need a base there. It's such an important position for the chiefs. 
if you can keep a guy like Legarius Sneed, he's 26 years old. If you can keep him for one more contract, it's not going to be cheap, but you still got time with Trent McDuffie. You know, you you can always figure things out. You can trade people later, but you're building something special with this defense. And what would be really incredible for the Chiefs is if they're able to spend their money on the quarterback and the line and, and keep this defense good and they're able to find, which they have not demonstrated the ability to do, cheap position players like they've done with Isaiah Pacheco. Like if they could get an Isaiah Pacheco and maybe they've got that in Rice at wide receiver and keep those positions affordable, Kelsey's going to cost money for a while. That I think is ideal situation for the Chiefs because with a defense like that, they don't need Tyreek Hill on offense to potentially win. They just need the offense to be working well together as they proved last year. So that's really exciting to me, the idea of keeping a strong defense for Patrick Mahomes and then doing what you need to do, like one-year rentals. Who cares? We got a little bit of cap space left. Trade for a DeAndre Hopkins type when you need that. You know what I mean? Like, And then just win the Super Bowl like the Patriots did that. Randy Moss, you know, bring him in. They're unstoppable. Like You can do those things when you've got a Patrick Mahomes. He's your base on offense, and then the guys up front protecting him. On defense, the last few years, it's always been, can the Chiefs' defense just be good enough to hold the other team to like 24 points or less? If they can, the Chiefs can win the Super Bowl. Well, if they can get the offense up and running, and they've got a defense for the next three years or something, they can hold teams that, that, that like it's a bad day if they give up 24 points. I mean, you want to start stacking rings. That's how you're going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you. There, there is something about the developmental pipeline here that I would understand wanting to pass on Sneed, right? Josh Williams was drafted as a high ceiling prospect. If he never gets a chance to own a spot outside, you will never know if he can like full-time own a spot outside. Yeah. Jalen Watson can start. He's very capable of, of being a starter. Um, has proven that in spot duty. And they supposedly like Nick Jones, the seventh rounder out of Ball State this year. He f- he flashed big time ball skills um, in terms of like di- being a disruptor, like, you know, forcing fumbles, for like deflecting passes. He had a real knack for being right around the ball and making big plays. Like, again, in preseason, and he's a seventh round pick. I want to tap the brakes on too much excitement there. But Remember, the Chiefs were also talking up Nazi Johnson in the preseason, and then he goes on IR. So you got a lot of guys there in the pipeline that if you let Sneed go, I'm not necessarily worried about the state of that room. But we've learned this year, when you go into a season with a bunch of inexperienced young guys at a position like wide receiver, it doesn't always go well. And based on how wide receivers gone this year, I think you could point to cornerbacks next year and go, you really want to roll the dice at another position with a bunch of unknowns or maybe yet to be proven because when it doesn't work out, it gets kind of ugly. Yeah, I, I, I'm all for it, man. Again, and they may be looking at this and they may be saying, hey, this Chris Jones thing is done after this year. You know, and if that's how they feel, I don't know if I agree that th- that should be the case. But if that's their move, if they're like, we're going to try to get one more with him, we've invested in NFAU, 
We've, we've got George. He's coming along. We feel good. We'll draft another defensive tackle. And we're going to, we're going to continue to, we're going to pay our linebackers and pay our cornerbacks, key, keystone cornerbacks. Then you can kind of see where they might be, where their minds might be that like, we are going to have money. If they're allocating certain amounts of money to offense and defense, we're going to have money to, to keep this guy around. And we think he gives us the versatility that we need. Yeah. I, I, I'm with you. It makes me sad to think that there's no Chris Jones, maybe after this year, it makes me strategically sad, especially because, you know, Oh, I like Snead. He gives an advantage, but it's not Chris Jones size advantage, right? right? Like only Chris Jones gives you Chris Jones size advantage. It's like Mahomes. It's like Kelsey, like relative to the position and what he can do. He opens everything up for everyone else. Um, so I'd much rather see pay more for more advantage. Yeah. But if yeah. that's an impossibility, then, then yeah. We got a, a comment from uh, Lila J wondering since Snead is so important to Spags, if initiating talks is an indication Spags definitely plans to be here and has said he really wants to keep him here. That's interesting, right? Uh, Steve Spagnola, when, when, when your unit starts having a year, like Steve Spagnola's defense is having, like, inevitable head coach talk is going to pop up. Now he's had that opportunity before he was, he was a giants head coach, wasn't he? Uh, Rams. Oh, Rams, Rams. That's right. And it did not go well. Um, It did not go well, but remember there were major injuries. There were, um, those were also the years when like cranky was, was he like taking them out to LA or there was all that drama around like selling, moving the team. Yeah. Yeah. He, and here's the thing. And I'm not trying to be ageist here, but like this is a reality of the NFL. Steve's yeah. 63. Yeah, yeah. And so when these when these it, it, it would depend on who would want to hire him. There is a certain type of team that would hire somebody like Steve Spagnuolo, and there's a certain type of team that wouldn't. A terrible team that's bad is not going to hire Steve Spagnuolo. If there is a team out there that is good, you know, you could see like say Kevin Stefanski gets fired in Cleveland. You could see a team like Cleveland saying, we're bringing in Steve Spagnuolo because we think we're close mm-hmm. and we don't care about having a young hot shot head coach for the next X amount of years. We want to try to win a Super Bowl. We have a good defense. This guy's a defense. We want to bring him in. We're going to get a good offensive coordinator. That That's the type of team that would hire him. So it's not out of the question. And if you're Steve, if that opportunity pops up and that's been a dream of yours, you know, you, you you wouldn't blame him. I mean, I wouldn't blame him for 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 leaving. Do you think that that's a possibility, or do you think he just finishes his career? He coaches for two more years, and at sixty five, goes out with two or three uh, Super Bowl rings and is happy. Yeah, I, I one. I think the Don, I think I think for sure ninety nine percent he's going to coach with the Chiefs till he retires. I think that's it. I think he's hit a ceiling. He had his chance. The NFL is in a big, you know, like trying to rid themselves of like being a good old boys club recycling old white men at the position is not in vogue right now defensive head coaches are not in vogue either it's like two to one or three to one offensive head coaches being hired over defensive head coaches so spags's age the fact he's already done it before and his coaching acumen side of the ball works against him at the same time Let me throw out just an interesting scenario. Ron Rivera seems to be on his last legs in Washington while Biennemi just arrived. What if Biennemi reunites with Spags in a way where Washington's ownership says, 
we will call you both co or assistant head coaches. Spags is there to serve as a guy who's done it to help be enemy sort of rise into it. If all this goes well and the here for a while and Spags is already near retirement age, they already have a good deep. They have a good defensive base, right? Kendall Fuller front seven parts that work. Maybe that becomes an interesting scenario in Washington. I don't know. I'm making up a total scenario that he leaves. I don't think he leaves. I think he stays in KC, but that's intriguing to me, you know, considering some familiar faces. I think the move there would be hire Biennemi as your head coach. Because I mean, look what he's doing with Sam Howe. Uh, It's incredible. Um, Good for him. And then if you want somebody like Spag to essentially to be like assistant head coach or whatever, plus your defensive coordinator, you could throw a ton of money at him. That's the only way you get him away from Kansas City. Yeah, for sure. Just just throw a ton of money at him. But if you're Spagnolo, like if it's not a head coaching job, I mean, he's a three-time Super Bowl champion, and he's been a defensive guy. So this is the kind of defense that he has right now. Like he's been working at Kansas City, working. It's like it's kind of like Andy with Mahomes. It's like ah, my muse has finally arrived. This right. is it. Like I'm right. not retiring. I'm gonna go till the wheels fall off. How many of these Super Bowls can I win? Because Andy went from God, I just want to win one Super Bowl. Can I just win one Super Bowl? I've won so many games. I'm, I'm a Hall of Fame resume, but I don't have a Super Bowl. To like now, he's like, wait a second, I got a shot. I got a shot at top three. Maybe the top spot, depending on how long I want to coach. If things go really, really well for the Chiefs and he coaches till he's 72, he's got a chance. He's got a chance. Spags has a real chance of being one of the most decorated assistant coaches ever, too, right? You're in legacy Um, territory for these guys now. It really are. He's you know, the Giants teams were strong defensively, and that's his uh and that's his bag. Uh, yeah, it's it's an interest it's all interesting to me. That was a great question, by the way, even posed in the first place. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, you know, who knows? That same report, by the way, from Fowler also mentioned that Chris Jones's price tag is reportedly going to be thirty million annually. I, that that was that was early there. That was out there last summer too. But Fowler's hearing that, I guess. So just in case you're wondering what Jones's number could be, there it is. Fun times. Can't wait to do that all again. Over. Right for months and months and months. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So. Uh, last news bit here, the Chiefs are healthy. I read this on arrowheadaddict.com that uh, other than the, the fellows on IR, yeah, everybody practiced today. Uh, yeah. How do the Chiefs do it? I'm, I'm not trying to jinx them. I'm knocking on wood. But they've generally been pretty remarkably lucky when it comes to injuries, especially to key players. This is the training staff. Like, what are they? They're like the anti-chargers when it comes to injuries. Yeah. It seems that way, doesn't it? That even yeah. when their superstars go down, like we had a Travis Kelsey injury with a game missed, and then it was just one game. Yeah. We've had Patrick Mahomes injured enough to miss a game, and it's only one or two games. So, yeah, they've been very fortunate that way. What's interesting to me about that is that, remember when they did that player anonymous survey to NFLPA? Yeah, yeah. Of all the teams, and the, the Chiefs athletic training staff got got steamrolled on that thing like yeah yeah so the report comes out making it look like the chiefs are one of those like teams that try to like save money like the old Bengals or something like where they don't even like have enough coaches or scouts compared to the rest of the nfl let alone trainers uh but the results speak for themselves so you know look 
take those uh take those surveys as you will but but yeah the the chiefs are doing everything right in that category and yeah all the guys are back willie gay jr back from a lower back injury Jarrett mckinnon dealing with a, a groin injury over the last couple of weeks he's back um i'm assuming clyde edwards layers over whatever sickness that kept him from going to to germany so yeah looking extra good. long break for them too half a you month know? yeah i mean they started they played sunday morning early and then it's all the way to monday night football so more rest a couple extra days it's nice uh this is what you want it's, it's a war of attrition in the nfl sometimes that's what it comes down to so knock on wood hopefully the chiefs can stay healthy um all right let's preview this game man chiefs versus eagles i'm calling it the game of the year because mm. i mean it's a super bowl rematch yeah, yeah. on monday night football and way back in the summer matt when I was doing my predictions and I was looking at the Chiefs' schedule, I said it could be possible that both of these teams are undefeated coming into this matchup. Well, the Eagles have one loss. The Chiefs have two. Both of them preposterous losses in games they should have won and could have won. But I think that's pretty good. They're both the number one seed in their conference, right back on track to meet in, in the Super Bowl again. Uh, and we get a preview which is yeah. really, really exciting. Just give me the 10,000-foot view for you. Like, what are the stakes here? Because there's like the weird, like there's the Eagles revenge angle. Like, obviously, they're mad. They lost the Super Bowl. They're trying to run it back. The Chiefs, they're at home. They're at Arrowhead coming off the bye, all the prep, Andy Reid against his old team. Like, what are the, what are the stakes here? Like, is it as big as I think it it, it should be? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's absolutely the game of the year. I I I think I would tone down anything about Andy Reid against his old team. Andy Reid's gone against his old team four times now and beaten them four times, including in the biggest game possible. So I I think that sort of like is there feelings or emotions around that? I don't know that that's present. But what more do you want? Last year's Super Bowl back again. You know, eight months later, whatever it is. More than that, the best team in one conference against the best team in the other conference. The macro view here is if either one of the best teams in a conference wants to know how good they are, let's give them both a half month off. Let's make them both healthy and rested. Then let's let them contend at midseason to see how good they are. If they both put up a good battle, even in a losing effort, they're going to look at each other and go, yeah, we're ready for this when we'll see them again down the road. If yeah. one of these teams shows up and lays a total egg in some way, then you're going to go, okay, boy, do we need this to expose us now rather than when we have to go home permanently later on. So, you know, star power, Monday night, prime time, one versus one, Super Bowl memories in the, in the recent rearview mirror, It's it's got everything working for it. I love this too because it feels like when I was growing up, when you were growing up, there was no Sunday night football. There was no Thursday night football. And so you got your local team. There wasn't even for a while there, there wasn't even a Sunday ticket. And if there was, we you couldn't afford it. <laughs> right. Or you didn't, the satellite dish didn't work where you live, like all those things. And so when I was a kid, like it was like, okay, Monday night football, I, I was watching either the Browns or the Steelers because I grew up in Northeast Ohio. So that's what I was getting. Occasionally you get the Bengals. I had to watch the, some weird news channel to get the chief scores because we didn't have the internet. And so if the chiefs weren't playing in a primetime game or playing the, with the local teams, like I would watch the score at the bottom and it would, that time of year, it was nuts. Cause they they would do, for those of you who are kids, 
we didn't have cell phones that were computers. And many of us didn't have computers. I'm only 40, by the way. But it, <laughs> the, the, there, so you would turn on the, to, to find out what was going on. The only way to know was to turn on. There, there were these news channels and they'd have a ticker at the bottom like they have on ESPN now. And it would have scores from all the games, from all the NFL games. And it was just on a loop. And so like the problem was they had college games on there. And there's like a million college games. <laughs> Take forever. Right. And it only ran, the, th- the ticker only ran when the news program was on. And so when they would go to commercial, it would get cut off. So I would sit there and I'd watch, I'd go through all of these college games <laughs> and then to finally get to the NFL games and it wouldn't be the Chiefs and it wouldn't be the Chiefs and another one would be Chiefs. And then they would go to commercial and I'd be like, Ugh! and by that point I had watched it so many times. I knew like what was the games like right coming up to the Chiefs. And they'd go to commercial and they'd come back and hit it started over. It was, this is what we were like pilgrims, you know, like, like candlelight and all that stuff. Anyway, (laughs) long rant to say that I loved Monday night football. And now everybody feels like a lot of the, a lot of times the primetime games aren't that good, but there's, it's because there's so many of them. Part of it's the Thursday football schedule, but like there's so many that it's just when you're picking whatever, 15 Monday Night Football games for the year, you can make some really good bets, and that's it, and have really good matchups. But now there's Thursday Night Football and Sunday Night Football and Monday Night Football, so you're just bound to get a bunch of duds. And it lessened, it took the air out for me of the primetime games, along with the fact that it was special to see teams you never got to see play. This, and so, but but because of flex scheduling, Sunday Night Football became like the new Monday Night Football. There were better matchups on Sunday Night Football because of that. This feels like to me an old school Monday Night Football matchup, the way it used to be when almost all of those games were really good. And I just, who was that drunk country, racist country guy that used to sing the Monday Night Football song? Hank Williams Jr. Hank Williams Jr. Yeah, he was a big, big racist, wasn't he? Didn't he get fired because he's went on some racist rant? Boy, I don't, I don't remember that. Let me look Maybe. that up because if I'm wrong, is he yeah, still you're alive? Gonna, you're in libel territory I'm now, get, my friend. I'm going to get sued. I don't think I actually <laughs> said he was racist. I said that guy. He's if anything, we can make fun of the date night at Applebee's guy for, yes, yes, yeah. for he's spoiling said, the Chiefs <laughs> field. and yeah. He's, he's 74. I don't know. There was something. There was something about him. <laughs> Somebody in the chat let us know. He, he was just... You know, you're thinking of David Allen Co. I don't know. Anyway, I want that guy to come back. You know, are you ready for some football? <laughs> like just, you know, cigar hanging out. This was worth mouth. doing, by the way, just to hear you do that impression. Yeah, I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, it was good. It was I good. It was pretty good. Um, I, yeah, I'm not seeing. I don't know what happened. Anyway, um, so maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, maybe he's a great guy. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why it's something in my head. Controversy. Um, Joshua Clayton, I much prefer hot Carrie Underwood. Carrie Underwood's great, man. She's great. I I like when they brought her back. Um, I like that song too for, for Sunday Night Football. Anyway, so this has an old school feel to it. I'm I'm jacked up and excited about it. So I got a question for you, and I've got for all of you. Rick says I live in Nashville area. I'm telling Hank. Oh no, there he's gonna he's coming for me. Um, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Um, I am throwing grenades. Uh, question for you and for the audience, Matt. Sure. Is this Eagles team that the Chiefs are going to face on Monday night better 
than the team they faced in the Super Bowl? Mm. That's a great question. Um, you know, they're eight and one. They are the class of the NFC. Um, I'm going to say no. However, right? I mean, we've look. Remember, they lost both of their coordinators from last year, right? Um, what Shane Steichen goes to is that how you say it to the Colts? Yeah, uh, takes over the Colts. John Gannon goes to Arizona. So they're still adjusting. They're adjusting both coaches to personnel and personnel to coaches. And I think we're still seeing that. They're, you know, the secondary looks pretty bad, honestly. Uh, but they're dealing with some injuries there. They just traded for Kevin Byard. They signed Bradley Roby. I mean, they're kind of in season trying to add veterans on the fly to fill some holes. Um, so already there, the def- the defense is not as stout as it was. Now, look, people are going to point. Remember last year? Uh, remember the talk before the game? The Eagles had like the record number of sacks, and everyone was like, "How does one team have so many sack guy?" You know. And then they add Jalen Carter, yeah. and you're like, "Okay, do we just like give them the title now, or what do we do?" <laughs> right? Like that was right. how that was how that felt. This year, the numbers aren't there, so people have been down on their pass rush, but that's kind of a misnomer. I mean, they're still just as dominant. They still have a bunch of guys. They got, you know, Carter stepped right in for Javon Hargraves. They uh, um, Some of the numbers may not be there, but they're still just as good up front. But in the secondary, James Bradbury's looking old. He's hit a wall. Something's up there. Um, they've got a lot of guys playing up because of injuries. Um, if the Chiefs have figured out some things in the downfield passing game, they're going to put up some points against these Eagles. Um, that'll be something to watch. Yeah, absolutely. Um, they've been bad defending the pass. They've been bad against tight ends, I believe, and that's a great thing to hear if you're a Chiefs fan. Um, by the way, I want to apologize to Hank Williams Jr. because <laughs> I shouldn't just throw around the term racist. I don't know if he's racist. What I was remembering was that he went on like Fox and Friends and he was talking about Obama and he he uh, oh, he called. Yeah, he, we've got a Muslim for a president who hates cowboys, hates cowgirls, hates fishing, hates farming, loves gays and we hate him. So that wasn't great. He said that. And he also he compared Obama to Hitler and they didn't like that. And so he lost his job at Monday Night Football. It just so. Yeah. So. Um, I don't apologize. To, I, I changed my mind. I don't apologize <laughs> to him. Those are shitty things to say. Don't compare anybody to Hitler. That's dumb. Um, but I was remembering that controversy. So <laughs> he's. You know, not to get all political, but it, like all of that stuff is 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 bad. But you know, geez, these days, like the I think he got he got fired for the Hitler comment. But like these days, what the politicians say are saying and doing to each other, like people probably wouldn't even have bat an eyelash at that. My God, like right. they're they're trying to fight in the Senate, like all of these crazy things. It's wild, man. Um, all right, back to football. Back to football. Hey, how are you feeling about the matchup? How are you like? As you watch the Eagles this year, as you watch the Chiefs, are you looking at both teams going these neither one neither team is the same? Or are you feeling like no, both teams are still as strong? I feel like the Eagles are worse. Just a little bit. 
just a little bit um, because of that pass defense that was was so much better last year. Like you said, they're still getting after the quarterback, so it's not like the defense is terrible, but they have a vulnerability. And I think the Chiefs are the same as they were in the Super Bowl. Uh, and because I think the Eagles, I think their offense is just as potent as it was last year. Um, I think the Chiefs are the same, but they flip-flopped. Mm-hmm. So they were a much stronger offense last year, and now their offense is struggling and their defense is dominant. So I think that the the, the, the Eagles are more vulnerable to offense, but the Chiefs are struggling on offense, and the Chiefs are going to be, I think, better able to contain the Eagles' offense than they were even in the Super Bowl. So I think it's we're right back to where we were with two kind of really evenly matched teams. But if the Chiefs and Andy Reid over the course of the bye week figure out their offensive woes, even even a little bit, I think the Chiefs are the better team, and the Chiefs are at home. Um, but this is a, I think it's a two and a half point line with the chiefs at home, which usually you get three if you're the home team. So that, what that's telling you is Vegas thinks that the Eagles are like a slight, they favor them slightly more, but they, but they're not because the chiefs are at home. So yeah, we're probably in for a nail biter is what I'm trying to get at. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's going to be something. These kind of games often come down to like some impactful player going like we, you know, like when we look at Pat, sometimes we say this is an over my dead body game kind of thing, right? Except this game, like AJ Brown is now that level of player. Jalen Hurts is that level of player. You have Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes. You've got a defense that is like Trent McDuffie is turning into that kind of player. Chris Jones is that kind of player. But then they also have, um, you know, Brandon Graham and Jalen Carter. And I mean, it's like, both sides have both sides have multiple guys who are like, fine, I'm going to carry us across the line. And so it's like, I don't even know who to point to on these teams and go, well, they have him. So there's the edge because yeah. there's just these mismatched guys everywhere, honestly, that it makes it difficult for me to even know how, if anything, I trust Andy Reid and a veteran coaching staff, maybe more than, Sirianni and two new coordinators. And the Chiefs just had so many young guys on defense last year, particularly in the secondary that, yeah. you know, remember Devontae, Devontae Smith, like had a really good game in the Super Bowl. They did, a, the Chiefs did a pretty good job against AJ Brown. What, what does that look like now? And remember the Eagles were without Dallas Goddard, who is don't underrate what he means to that offense. So I think the trick for the Chiefs in this game is is that they've the, the I think the Eagles are going to I think they're going to look at that Denver game. If I'm if I'm the Eagles, I'm looking at that Denver game and I'm saying we are running the ball because these guys if they've got a weakness on defense, it's their run defense and we're going to look at what Denver did and Denver ran it at him and ran it at him and ran it at him and controlled the clock and that's an advantage for a number of reasons. It's the old, oh, if we can keep Patrick Mahomes off the field thing. And that used to be a bit of a misnomer, right? Because it never worked because the Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes are just so explosive on offense that even if you did keep him off the field, he only needed a couple minutes and then boom, it's hit with a couple touchdowns. But now the Chiefs offense isn't as explosive. And so that's what Denver did. 
and it worked pretty well, and they were able to play pretty good defense. Well, the Eagles are miles better than the Denver Broncos. So that's what I'm doing if I'm the Eagles as I'm running at the Chiefs a ton, and they've got a really good ground attack with Swift. They've really found something there. So what do you think in this game, Matt? Like how how did the Chiefs stop that ground attack? And then, of course, the problem is, right, like – if they're able to con- if they're able to get enough yards on those early downs, you've got like the deep threat with with Smith and and um Brown, right? And and then you've got that short yardage that they're just unstoppable. What can so, you do? So like if you're the Chiefs, like a dream scenario is like the Eagles throwing on first down and getting an incompletion. Like every time that happens, I'll be doing backflips, right? <laughs> Yeah. But when they run the ball on first down and they get five yards, you're like, ah, shit, you know, yeah. because it's like almost like, all right, well, they're going to get a first down now. How do they stop this run defense, this run rushing attack if you're the Chiefs? Because I feel like that's the key here. Yeah, this is where you miss Nick Bolton. I mean, this yeah. is really where you miss Nick Bolton. This is also where you look at your defensive interior, which is where we started this podcast, and you say, I wish we had someone other than Matt Dickerson sitting there at key times to play, I you know, or someone better than Derek Naughty, something like that. Look, uh, the Chiefs allow what four point five yards a game. It's uh, that's twenty seventh in the NFL. Last time I checked, so there's only five teams giving up more yards per carry, more than the Chiefs are giving up. That's a hefty amount to a team that is automatic. From if it's third and two, it's over. It's automatic. You they only have to make seven eight yards to get a first down. Um. You know, they've got they've got Landon Dickerson, they've got Jason Kelsey. How do you you know, like as good as the Chiefs interior is, the Eagles have a little bit better. Um, and then they've got tackles like for days with, with you know, uh with Lane Johnson and Malata. So I I it's uh it's tough, man. It's gonna be real tough. That said, that said, there's a swagger on the Chiefs right now defensively that was not there last year. Trent McDuffie earlier this week appeared on Adam Schefter's podcast and said, um, you know, Adam was like, Hey, what do you think of playing a game this big? He, and he was like, yeah, love it. This is, this is why we play football. We love these big games. We love prime time. But then he said, look, win or lose. If they're hanging 35 on us again, we're going home real sour. We are not okay with that. Mm. So, McDuffie seemed to indicate, like, yeah, I'm glad that we won the Super Bowl, but that was not at all the kind of performance that we are willing to live with. Um, so I think there's a sense in the Chiefs locker room, especially defensively, that hey, these Eagles, we can do better than we did the last time around. We're going to do better than we did the last time around, and and that's going to be the only way we're okay with this game. The standard has changed for these guys. For sure. Right. Um, and so the, the, the problem is like, you know, these Eagles, man, um, I'm pulling up some of the stats here. Um, they like to run the football. They're pretty good at it, but what they're better, even better at is stopping the run and the chiefs. My, my contention with this team right now is that, when the Chiefs run the ball, that's when their offense works the best, as it, it has been through the first half of the year. And when they're just throwing, 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 it just doesn't get going. It opens up for them. 
can the cheat the, the Eagles are giving up 66 yards a game on the ground. <laughs> I mean, it, 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 and we got a coach here who loves to throw the football. Is this a game where Andy's going to come out and just like nail Isaiah Pacheco to the bench, like not even play any running backs and just throw 70, 70 times? <laughs> I, you know, I don't know. You know, Mahomes is, is completing a, a, a good rate of passes this year compared to previous years like that. Like his pass rates up quite a bit or completion rate is up quite a bit. Um, yeah, I don't. You can't. You can't set Pacheco on the bench. I. I um. In that way, you got to have that balance. And the Chiefs need to flex the power they have up front. Look, the Chiefs are not. The Chiefs are not like some rollover unit up front. You yeah. know, Creed Humphrey's a Pro Bowler. Joe Tooney's a Pro Bowler. Trey Smith is a Mauler. Um, Jawan Taylor's an eighty million dollar tackle. Whatever you want that to say about him, <laughs> you know, like. Um, there's talent there to play big. Um, so I, I'd love to see them at least shove back rather than just capitulate to this defensive front. Um, but yeah, it's it's going to be tough. And, and these stats, sometimes they can be a bit misleading. The Eagles are good at stopping the run. But at the same time, sometimes when you're really bad at something, it can make you look good at Better than you are at something else, right? In football. So when you're a hideous pass defense, you could not get run on that much because teams are like, we can throw on these guys. We're going to throw on right, them. And the right. Eagles are giving up 257 passing yards a game. The only teams that are giving up more are the Washington Commanders, the Jacksonville Jaguars, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and the Los Angeles Chargers, who they're so far and away the worst pass defense in the NFL. Number two is Tampa Bay. They're giving up 266 yards a game. The Chargers are giving up 291 yards per game. Crazy. The Eagles, one thing that should be that should you you might feel good about if you're the Chiefs in this game is that when you when this team, even when they've been struggling, when they have gone up against poor pass defenses, they have done well. Their best they they lit up the Chargers and they and the Chicago Bears, who are one, two, three, four, five, six, the seventh worst worst pass defense. They're giving up 248 yards per game. Chiefs loaded up on points against the Bears, too. The Eagles are worse at defending the pass than the Chicago Bears. So if you're Kansas City, is that how you want to attack? You want to say, hey, we need to get our passing game going. Let's get Travis going. Let's get things rolling. Let's get the screen game going. Forget about, you know, we'll run it seven, eight times in this one. Yeah, could be, could be for sure. I, I, um, I'd love to see Kadarius Tony as a focal point. Um, I think we've all been banging the drum on Tony as a coming out party in some way, just because he's clearly so much more talented than what they're using him. Um, and more dangerous. Uh, so, you know, we'd love to see that. Um, but it'll, this whole thing is going to be just real interesting to see. I could talk myself in every direction when it comes to this game. Um, we haven't even talked about Jalen Hurts and the fact that he's such a threat both ways to run, but he's got a bone bruise that's actually limited him in running. But then again, they've had 15 days off. So is he good again? I mean, you know, it's like you have all these wrinkles and you're like, well, that could make a difference. But then again, maybe that won't make a difference. Um, and this is just something. Yeah. It's just huge that way. Shout out to to Jason uh, Tyler in the chat. It says, what's up? 
Patrick. Happy Thursday, brother. And then ask a question. Patrick, do you still think Pacheco is having a huge running game this week? That was your preseason pr- prediction, a Pacheco game. Um, yeah. That boy, great memory, by the way. Um, Man. I think sometimes it's smart to zig when everybody else zags. And when the Chiefs have gone up against teams that we know are going to be a little bit tough for them, like a, a season ago. Remember when they played the 49ers last season? Ran all over them. And they played the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, ferocious defense, ran all over them. So Andy does things like that. He does things that you might not expect. And Pacheco runs really hard, and he's fresh. I The, the, the run defense is really intimidating there in, in Philly, so I don't know. But I don't think it's going to be a Pacheco game. I, my guess is they'll use the screen game a lot in this one to be their running game. So you probably see a lot of McKinnon. And I think Andy wants to get this offense back on track. He's self-scouted. He's really good at that. He's going to have isolated what he thinks the problems are. And I think we're going to see a lot of new stuff. Is this a game, Matt, where you think that, you know, we know how the Chiefs will hold some things back. Like when they played the Bengals in the playoffs, they talked about how like, well, when we played them in the regular season, we we held a few things back or we developed some things based off that game because they knew they might see them again. Which I don't always love that approach because – you know, like the number one seed is so important. And when you're playing the Bengals, I'm like, ah, just beat them and come up with some new shit. But, yes. but yeah. like, is this a game since it's it's an Eagles team, it's an NFC team, and yeah, you might see them in the Super Bowl, but first you got to make it to the Super Bowl, then they got to make it to the Super Bowl. Is this a game where you, like, let it all hang out? I do, I do. One time, one time you and I were talking about our editorial approach, and you said, dude, I just love to empty the clip. That's yeah. how you said it. You're like... If it's game day and we can just post something and we can cover something, I just want to like empty it all right now and I'll worry about filling up stuff for later. Yeah. Um, to me, this is an empty the clip game because look at the standings. If the Chiefs lose this game, if they lose and they go to seven and three, how many other teams could conceivably also be seven and three yeah. going into week 12? It's a bunch. I mean, you could... I think it's possible to have like a five-way tie or something like that, right? So things could get real muddled real quickly if the Chiefs don't keep pace with, like they've been gifted a little bit of breathing room, but they have to do the work to maintain that breathing room. Um, So if they revert backwards and then then some of those other games loom a lot larger, Bengals, um, you know, second Chargers game, Buffalo, etc. Those teams may not be as daunting as like the Eagles, but if you want to be able to kind of feel better about these things and like, yeah, it, that to me is why you empty the clip here. It's at midseason; you got a whole half season left to figure out some other things before you're going to see the Eagles again. When they held things back against the Bengals, it was what like within two weeks, right? It was like yeah. we're going to see the Bengals in like a half month and. We know we're going to see them again. So, yeah, nothing's a given here. I say you empty the clip. I I think you're right. And I think if you look at the standings, like you said, the playoff standings, look, the Chiefs are the one seed. The Ravens are seven and three, and they're playing tonight. So they could get that eighth win. But, you know, the Chiefs will will be able to retain control of the number one seed if they win. The Jaguars are the three seed. The Chiefs beat them. They have the tiebreaker. 
The Dolphins are the four seed. The Chiefs beat them. They have the tiebreaker. Steelers aren't going to be there for the number one seed. The Browns aren't going to be there for the number one seed. Houston maybe makes a run. And Cincy, based on talent, you would worry about. But Cincinnati is five and four. And most importantly, they're one and four in the conference. The Cincinnati Bengals are not getting the number one seed. Like it's not impossible, but it's very, 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 very unlikely that they, even if they go on a run, that they'll end up losing a tiebreaker to somebody probably. But the Chiefs can get a stranglehold on this thing, particularly if Cincinnati were to beat Baltimore tonight. And, and okay, great. Cincinnati, you're six and four and two and four in the AFC, and Baltimore's seven and four. And the Chiefs won in their eight and two. Baltimore is four and three in the conference. The Chiefs are five and one. That stupid loss to Denver, they'd be in incredible shape. So the Chiefs are in really good shape. They have a chance to not clinch the number one seed. We've seen de facto number one seeds every year go bye-bye when it's all said and done. But this is a huge opportunity for them. And they've got two games against the Raiders still. They got another game against the Chargers, who are not very good. You got Patriots in there with Mac Jones. Patriots are, are are horrible, you know. So, and if you're Kansas City, you look at their schedule and Buffalo. They they've hit Buffalo. This is a game where you were like, ah, oh, geez, we got to deal with the Bills, and they're they fired their offensive coordinator. It's yeah. chaos, and it's at Arrowhead. It's at Arrowhead. So you win this game, you got Vegas. You should beat them. You got Green Bay. They can't score. You got Buffalo is in a shambles right now. And they're fighting for their playoff lives. Forget about the number one seed, the 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 New England Patriots. Then you got Vegas again, and they they win that game against Cincinnati. It could be over. The Chargers could win the last game of the season just because the Chiefs are sitting their stars. Like the Chiefs have that kind of opportunity, which is really exciting to get more rest. As we talked about the attrition thing heading into the playoffs, um, it, it's it's a really 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 massive massive game for the Chiefs. I'm with you. Empty the clip. Win this sucker, and you're looking really 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 good. It's just bananas that the Bengals and the Bills are on the outside looking in right now. Yeah, not at all what I expected. Not at I all. I will say, no matter how much they lose, the Bengals are still the one team for me more than the Eagles to me. Uh, like. The Bengals are the team that that uh, they've just had our number. They've just you know like if you are what your record says you are, then their record against the Chiefs says more than what other like yeah. you know we're four we're four and zero against the Eagles since Andy Reid arrived. Yeah. So if you just go by what a record say, uh, I'd I'd rather see a Ravens win tonight just to shove the Bengals in the trash can once and for all and be done with it. Yeah. I'll worry about the Ravens later when I see the Ravens. Yeah, the Ravens got to get to get find their way to Arrowhead. Um, that's a good point, man. Uh, you know, it, the the Bengals because when Burrow's on and Jamar Chase, superstar, they're dangerous. But this is a chance for the 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 Ravens to kind of really take them out of contention. I mean, they're they're in they're already in big trouble after losing that game to the Texans. Like now they're in like they lose this game. I'm not gonna say stick a fork in them, but they're. Uh, they're in trouble. Okay, um, two quick more points on this game, and then we'll we'll, we'll get moving. Um, do you think we have a, a second half Rashi Rice breakout coming? I do, I do. I mean, I think we're already trending there. He's at forty targets right now. It would not surprise me to see Rashi Rice get close to a hundred targets on the season. So that would be fifty percent more targets in the second half 
for him. I absolutely believe that can happen. Um, and a rookie wide receiver with 100 targets. Uh, I love what that means for his future in terms of development in year one. It would be so exciting if he just becomes that guy that is just, yeah, yeah. you know, the go-to for Mahomes. Uh, it's much needed. I'm with you. I think they've got to get him more involved. The trust should be there. Load him up. Uh, and then the last one, Sterling's best man at his upcoming wedding, Richie James, is back. <laughs> now, there were reports that the Chiefs were looking to maybe trade him at the deadline. Yeah. Which I thought was weird given the situation with Justin Ross, the way that the team has been playing on offense. Do you think Richie James gives them anything? Uh, or is he just I, on the bench watching? I don't. Play? I don't get it. I don't get the love. I don't get – I mean, Sterling loves this guy. I don't know if he's shown you, but Sterling has a back tattoo of Richie James. You should make him That's show true. you on air. No, I, he, he told me. He told me about. It. He sent me pictures when he was at the parlor. I, I I hate to give him away, but we're giving him away here. Yeah, and it's you know, lower back, by the way. Yeah, yeah, it goes. I won't say anything else about it, but that's the way that works. Yeah, <laughs> look, um, look, man, Richie James put up good numbers in New York when they played a cupcake schedule and when everyone else was injured, he stepped up and he got, he got some receptions. It's like in the NBA where there's a guy who averages 20 points a game, but he plays for like the Washington wizards or, or the Orlando magic. And you're like, okay, well someone has to score something. And he put up some volume production. But then when he got to the free agency, the chiefs were like, how about a one year minimum deal? And his agents like, that's all we got, dude, take it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know if that's all he had. Maybe he wanted to play for the Chiefs because they whatever it is. But yeah, I I don't get it. He's he whatever. No, I don't think I think they'll activate him because they have a roster spot, because of Justin Ross and all that. But look, how many how many more do you need? You got a Sky Moore, you got a McCole Hardman, you got you're shoving Rasheed Rice into the slot already. Yeah. To Sterling swears Richie James can play outside and do all this stuff, and I'm like I don't even know that Richie James like. Yeah, I don't know. I, I want to make another Richie James joke, but I feel bad for Sterling at this point. No, yeah. he's not a thing for me. Ho- hopefully, we're wrong, and he comes back and is, lights it up and is incredible. Um, yeah, we'll take yeah, what we can get at this point. I think, however, Edger and James would have more left in the tank at wow. this point than Richie James. That's wow. That's how that goes. Edger and James. Um, okay. Um, let's, we're going to get to our Eagles chiefs final score predictions. Um, first we got to do Patty's power rankings. And by the way, tomorrow we will be recording It won't be live, but we will be recording the arrowhead attic Thanksgiving special. We're going to talk about what we're thankful for. Some other chief stuff's going to be a lot of fun. It will air on Thanksgiving. You'll be able to download it. We may do an event and stream it on the YouTube channel. So just a heads up that that's coming. That'll be fun. And we're going to record it tomorrow, so we won't know the results of the Eagles game, and, and we'll acknowledge that. But we uh, we want to enjoy Thanksgiving with our families, and so we're going to get this done for you. So the Thursday show will be here next week, and you can you can listen to it on Turkey Day. You know, in the morning before you watch the parade or while you're prepping the food, throw on the Arrowhead Attic podcast. The whole gang is going to be there. It's going to be a lot of fun. So don't 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 forget us on on Thanksgiving. Okay, Patty's Power Rankings, Beatles songs. Your favorite three Beatles songs. You can rank them if you want, but you don't have to. Mm-hmm. What do you got, man? Uh, in necessarily no order, I'd have to say uh, Hard Day's Night. Like, that's a great song. 
Um, I want to say Penny Lane. Like that's just a fun. Uh, yeah, that's just a fun number to me. Um, but for sure, uh, gosh, that's hard. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say those two, and then I'll say, uh, all you need is love. That's what that'll be my three. That's a good one, man. I like Penny Lane. Penny Lane's a, a yeah, like feels like an underrated. I don't know. Yeah, it's like it's like a pleasant. You're never turning that off. You're never turning that off. Right, right. Um, but okay. Hard Day's Night is probably my favorite Beatles song. Hard Day's Night is really good. Do you like the Beatles movies? No. No? Do you? My my wife's really loves the Beatles, and we would watch uh, we'd watch Help a lot. Help's fun. <laughs> Help is fun. I um do you like the monkeys? Like move like TV show movies, whatever. I watched it when it was on like like Nickelodeon, Nickelodeon. Or something when I was young. Yeah. yeah. But I don't remember a ton about it. Yeah. It's uh you know, it's cheesy just to see a band doing their Yeah. Um so what's your top three? All right. So uh I love Tomorrow Never Knows from Revolver. Okay. Um s- such an interesting song. Really good. Um I'm a big Paul guy. I'm. Uh, I really have to say, I'm going to throw "Yesterday" in there. Um, sure. And then my favorite Beatles song is uh, "Hide Your Love Away," which I think is maybe the most underrated song in their whole catalog. Uh, I believe it's on "Help," and it is just a really like if you listen to the lyrics it's it's really kind of sad and but it, like a lot of the 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 songs on help like help itself by the way like have you ever like thought about the the the, the, the lyric like the song is called help you know um and i'm pulling up the lyrics here but like the way that they sing it you know like i need somebody and it's like okay you know I need somebody and then like when you when you read the lyrics you know it's really like distressing <laughs> like the song and it's really kind of kind of sad have you ever thought about that have you ever thought about helping been like i haven't you know i mean listen to this listen to these lyrics like um i need somebody not just anybody you know i need some help he says Help me if you can. I'm feeling down. I do appreciate you being around. Help me get my feet back on the ground. Won't you please, please help me? Like, if if you just read the lyrics to help without, like, thinking about the song in your head and the way that it goes, you know, it's help me if you can. I'm feeling down. Like, it's 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 kind of a dark song. I feel so insecure. Um. I just know I need you like I've never done before. Like it's a, it's a, you could take that song. Maybe people probably have and rewrite it and, and, and it just be like a really sad cry for help. It's wild. Like a Johnny cash hurt version of help. Yeah. I mean, they were so good at writing these like really interesting songs and like, you've got to hide your love away um, is, uh, is also really really sad. I think there's a story behind that as well. I think it, 
I've heard this might be an urban legend, but I heard it was about that that John wrote it about their manager who was gay, and he wrote it about him like you know at the time the climate at the time like not being able to like be himself and uh show who he loves so i love that one uh tom hood says can't buy me love that's a great that's a great one that's a banger man um i mean hey jude has not even been mentioned and that's like yeah we didn't mention hey i I mean there's so many good ones there's so many just brilliant songs did you see did you listen to the new one i haven't heard it yet do you like it i think it's really good i really do it's um it really sticks in my head like that they were so good at doing um and it's just so cool to get a new song really all three of the songs that they like remastered later like the ones that they did in the in the 90s um are really good as well i i think um i can't the, their names are escaping me right now but um and then they did it again and just the, they've got this track the, the technology just allowed them to do one more song with with john and isolate the recording they had was so bad the piano just was drowning him out and they it was james cameron there's like a little 11 minute documentary on hbo max you can watch about how they did it and james cameron has this technology and they were able to isolate john's vocals and the piano to actually like record it properly and then paul like wrote a verse and they've got a little bit from from george in there because they tried to do it in the 90s and and just were like we can't this sucks like we can't it sounds bad uh so pretty pretty cool um all right that's our beatles segment of the show um michael says there are so many great beatles songs that you can have a favorite list for every day of the month that is a fact um I like the top three Hank Williams Jr. songs. (laughs) Hank Williams Jr. People are going to come for me too. I'm sure we've got a lot of (laughs) Hank Williams Jr. fans. This is why I shouldn't speak flippantly on the show because there's, you know, he's a country guy. It's Missouri. You know, don't, I'm going to, don't come for me. Just leave, let me exist. I'm going to, I'm going to assign you a Pearl Jam top three too, just because you said that earlier. Right. Yeah. This is, uh, you know, doing this, doing this live, live recording stuff is difficult. You know, it's, it's surprising that I haven't said anything stupider. Uh, probably have. All right. Let's get to our final score predictions for Chiefs Eagles. You guys who are still watching fire off in the chat and let us know what you guys think, how this one's going to turn out. Cause this is the last time that, that we'll be with you for the regular show. We get the betting show tomorrow before Monday night football. So no weekend show this week. Um, and it's all about Monday night football. So Connor, you're the guest. Kick us off. Uh, I'm going to say because of the Chiefs' defensive swagger that I heard from Trent McDuffie, I'm going to tilt this one toward the Chiefs in a close game, 24-20. 24-20. I think that's the over-under for this game is, I think it's 44 and a half. So that's pretty close. Um yeah, 44 and a half is the over under. Uh by the way, the line moved since I since we started the podcast. The Chiefs are now three point favorites. So it was two and a half before the show. Because we're talking about it. Probably because yeah, we're probably. talking about the game. Probably people put some some bets down. Uh Lauren Shanks says 27-17 Chiefs. Lucas has the Eagles. 23 to 20, sadly, he writes. Sadly. Um somebody's talking about Hank Williams Sr. dying uh at 29. Um Let's start a whole Hank, Hank Williams Jr. podcast. Um, yeah. Tom Hood says 27-21 Chiefs. Uh, Lauren, Lauren Shanks says 27-27 KC. <laughs> uh, 
How about that? Um, I'm going to go with the Chiefs in this one because they're home, because I think they are better than they were last year. Even with the offensive deficiencies, I think they're a little bit better, and then the Eagles are a little bit worse. 24-21 Chiefs Mm. in one of those games where, you know, we just are having an absolute heart attack. Uh, but I think Chiefs can pull it out. I really do. I think they're going to coming off the bye. Andy wrinkles. We're going to we're going to be reminded that this is the best team in the NFL, and we're all going to be able to chill out as if that we shouldn't have gotten a little bit reminded by that in the Miami game. Who like, right. we thought we were all going to get steamrolled by? Gary says twenty eight thirteen Chiefs. I'll take that all day every day. If they lose, Hank Williams will say, "There's a tear in my beer." Because <laughs> I'm crying for you, dear. That's what. Uh, yeah. That's how that's um, going down. Matt, thanks so much for joining me, man. Yeah, always good to catch up, man. It's yeah. been a long time. We work together, but we never talk. It's the way that works. It's a big company. It's, it's big the company. way Patrick has chosen to approach me in the workplace, <laughs> folks. That's. I can't I, blame. I, yeah, I've banished you. Um, <laughs> no, it's good. Good. Good to catch up with you. Uh, thank you to all of our members. Uh, for all of your support, anybody watching on YouTube, hit that like button on the way out. Again, we will be back next week on Monday. We'll have a Monday show, which doesn't happen very often, for the post for the pregame uh, halftime and postgame show for Chiefs Eagles. So we'll be there, and then we'll have our regular sh- uh, slate of shows after that Tuesday, Wednesday, and then the Thanksgiving special as well. So we'll take you right through the holidays. Really excited. To, to see this game and for the game Thursday Night Football tonight. By the way, who you got? Who's going to win tonight? Ravens. Ravens by three. Ravens by three. Let's take it. All right. Uh, shout out to producer Richard for making this thing happen. And again, thank you to all of our members. We will see you guys on Monday for Chiefs Eagles. But until then, as always, go Chiefs. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.